I'm Darius McDermott from Fund Calibre, and this is the Investing on the Go podcast. I'm delighted to be joined by Martin Cholwell this afternoon, who manages the Royal London UK Equity Income Fund. Martin, good afternoon. How are you keeping? Afternoon. No, I'm well, thanks. Excellent. Um, so we are here in the middle of lockdown, and there's been huge um, concerns over the economy and companies and cash flows. And realistically, you know, the, the, the main story in town is dividends and income funds and their ability to continue to pay. Um, I think there's a survey from Link, which is the old capita, who managed or monitor dividends. They've estimated between 30 and maybe even up to 50%. Um, what's your view uh, on dividend cuts both in your fund and where you're seeing some um, some some secure dividends. Absolutely. Well, no, I think that's very much the main story in town. And um, certainly, if you look over the last month, we've had widespread dividend cuts across the market. So they've been, I think, largely focused in consumer cyclical, industrial, and some financial stocks. Um, but if you add it all up, I think there's, there's some disagreement, as you say, in terms of the quantum. But I'm making something like just under one third of all dividends have disappeared over the last month compared with 2019. So it's quite a big number. Is that dividend by company or dividend by a percentage of the actual overall UK PLC? It's not like it's a third of the companies that were paying dividends stopped paying, or is it the quantum, the the, the amount of dividend? No, so that that estimate is the amount of dividend, but I've also looked at it in terms of the proportion of companies who've who've cut dividends, and it's a pretty similar number by, by number and by size, but obviously banks are big in that. Of course, of course. Um, are, are there any sectors holding up better than others or, that have that are strong dividend payers and got the cover and the political will to pay? Well, I, I think there are some. So I, I guess you're, you're, you're looking quite hard, but I guess things like tobacco, that so far hasn't really been affected by coronavirus. Obviously, Pharmaceutical really are pretty much independent of economic activity, and, and clearly healthcare spending is an area that's going to be cut at the moment. And I guess also if you look at some regulated utilities like water stocks, there they've just been through a regulatory review and they're paying RPI like link dividends. So um, yeah, I think basically people continue to pay to have water supply in their house. But it is yeah, it's there are big chunks of markets we should stop paying dividends at least for the time being. And you touched on financials, and this is a, a big part of your fund of approximately 25%. Um, what's your view on the sector with respect to the dividend, given that you, of course, are an income fund? Absolutely. Well, I think if you look at the bank's holdings, then the only large bank I own is HSBC. So a lot of the other holdings are financial services companies, quite a diverse bunch of them. And lots of financial services companies, of course, the employees are working from home and business keeps going. I think um, I clearly the issue of the banks is the regulator has intervened and he's basically told banks to stop paying dividend. I think also banks at the sharp end in terms of risk-weighted assets because clearly um, companies are drawing down their revolving credit facilities. You know, It's a matter of prudence for it, really. People are looking at companies looking at their solvency and liquidity as well as their balance sheet strength. So, so banks are under a bit of pressure with an involuntary growth in their balance sheet through um, companies drawing down their cash facilities. So I think it's certainly tough for banks at the moment, would be my view. Yeah. But I think the broader financial services market is, is looking much sounder. And 
what other types of financials then do you own if it's not the banks? Well, there's, there's, there's a broad spread. So I've got a couple of life insurance companies, a um, couple of property companies. There's obviously things like Wealth Managers, IG Group, Hargreaves Lansdowne. Um, quite quite a broad spread, really. Clearly, those companies are sensitive to the falls in the market. So clearly, revenue is a function of stock market levels. But but actually, there's a resilience to the business. A lot of them are well invested in terms of IT. And, and modern technology does at least lend itself to working away from the office in a way some industries don't. Yes, I mean, I think we, we, we're we all experiencing that on a daily basis, aren't we? Um, in fact, we can still have this conversation whilst being in totally separate parts of the country, um, I think, is testament Absolutely. to that. Um, yeah, indeed, indeed. Uh, you, 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 your focus on larger companies, um, I mean, this is obviously a black swan event. Do you think you will continue to focus on larger companies given some of the cuts in in the large cap or do you still see enough opportunities in the larger parts of the market? Well, I, I think a lot of it is to do with what's happening in the underlying economy rather than the size effect. So actually, I think what's happening is industries are being impacted rather than necessarily it's being size of per se. But I yeah. think one of the things that's very important at the moment at times like this is liquidity of portfolio. So I'm actually pleased and I've got 95% of the fund in large and mid-cap companies. It does actually give you the ability to make changes when changes aren't necessary. And it gives you the ability to be nimble. But you know, clearly, there are going to be a lot of fundraisings um, across the market. We've seen a few of them. But a lot of them have been done from a position of strength. It's companies trying to make sure that they're going to be around when we actually end this lockdown and, and, and the economy gets going again. And you also like to book to, to buy stocks when they're potentially out of favour. Um, <laughs> there's a lot of stocks out of favour at the moment. Um, <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Um, can you give us a couple of examples of either stocks or sectors where where you're seeing um, some potential opportunity, please? Yeah, sure. So um, I, I guess looking at stocks, one of the areas I've increased my weighting a bit is tobacco. So. British American tobacco, I've increased the weighting a bit, as I was saying earlier on. I think the whole coronavirus thing so far isn't affecting demand for tobacco. It's much more to do with regulation, this industry, which it has been for many years. I've also been participating in a couple of fundraisings with stocks in my portfolio. So good examples are um, Informa and WH Smith. Um, and it's interesting, in both cases, I think investors took huge comfort from the fact that management were taking a very conservative approach to basically preparing to be around almost irrespective of the scenario. And so share prices responded pretty well post the fundraisings and went up. But you know, I'm, I'm basically taking a very selective approach to fundraising because I think a lot of companies are going to be raising money. And you know, equally, it's important not to throw good money after bad when it comes to fundraising. So I think, you know, as I said earlier, I'm very much focusing on liquidity and solvency within investments at the moment. Yeah, I mean, liquidity is certainly very key, and your your focus in the, as you say, the large and mid cap at ninety five percent must must have been a bit of a comfort um, during I think particularly I, difficult I think weeks is. in March. I, I, I think it is, and one's just got to look at the property sector. What's happened there with um, funds being gated? You know, where property, commercial property assets aren't that that liquid, and you can't necessarily deal with them on a daily basis. So, at least the stock market, although it's down quite a lot at least you can buy and sell the underlying securities. You might not like the prices, but everyone has liquidity. And I, I think that you know that's a great mechanism for equities and a, and a great um, reason for still keeping involvement, in my view. Yeah, I mean, without sort of pre- prejudicing your answer to your next question or to my next question, <laughs> um, yeah. 
um, liquidity is the thing that really hits you, particularly in the great financial crisis and even potentially even more extreme, um, the great sell-off sort of from end of Feb to sort of end of March. It really was quite extreme, not only in equities, but bond markets. Yeah, no, quite, quite. So look, you are an experienced fund manager. You've been running UK equity portfolios since the early uh, 1990s. How do you feel about the current environment today compared to some of the uh, market crashes or, or, or events that we've seen in the past? Yeah, I think it's much more, well, for a start, comparing it with the credit crunch, clearly that, that was a significant event, but it was much more focused just on on banks. And, and I think this is clearly much broader. It's not affecting all industries in the UK, but it's a global thing. It's a global pandemic. We haven't really had a global pandemic now for 100 years. You know, you've got to go back to um, Spanish flu, really. Um, yeah. Just after the first world war for a comparable experience. So I think none of us have really lived through anything like this before. Um, and, and and I guess we are, it's a bit of a cliche, but we are in uncharted territory here. Um, so I think you do as a fund manager, an experienced fund manager, do very much fall back on your investment process and try and use it as a bit of a compass to, to navigate through, you know, what, what can be quite tricky times. But it's, you know, okay, we are about to enter what's probably quite a deep recession, at least on a temporary basis. But if if the authorities can get it right, governments can get, get it right and get the right policy action, which they seem to be doing at the moment, that, you know, it, it might be a re- relatively short recession or, or be a significant one. And, and uh, there is the hope then that um, dividends can steadily recover from, from their sort of low, lower base. But um, you know, it's ch- challenging times ahead. I think there's no getting away from that. For sure. Another sector which has come into focus in the last 48 hours, of course, is oil. Um, yeah. And you do have as one might expect, being an equity income manager, a bit of Shell and a bit of BP. Um, indeed, how do you feel indeed. about them today? Are, are, are these things that I think most commentators well, suspect there's dividends cut coming in those as well? Yeah, I, I, I think it's um, well. It's in, in, interesting. I think if you look at the um, oil price, clearly it was extraordinary the other day when the share pro- when the oil price went actually negative because of one of the futures contracts closing, where people couldn't physically take delivery of, of oil. But you now, clearly with the there's been a big step down in demand for oil based on what's happening in the, the shutdown of the global economy. And, and supply by OPEC just hasn't been cut by the same amount as demand has fallen. So there is surplus oil in, in the market, and that's reflected in the, the falling spot price. Although it is noticeable that if you look at the oil price curve and, and the forward oil price, certainly going forward five years, and the fall there has been much less, much less pronounced five years forward than the spot price. But clearly, based on the current oil price, there isn't the cash flows within BP and Shell to sustain their current dividends. And you know, I think that BP and Shell combined are about nine percent of the stock market, and clearly account for a lot more of dividend income within the UK. So that that is another um, area of significant dividend risk. I would say, although perversely, because I, I do have some of both, but clearly don't have anything like an index weighting, um, no. I actually would impact the yield on my fund a lot less than the yield on, on the market. But clearly, if, if EP and Shell stopped paying dividends, that would be important. Yeah, that's a really interesting point, actually. Um, even though you hold them being underweight, the impact to the yield on your fund will be less felt than it will be at an an index level. Um, and maybe just, just lastly, I know maybe January feels like a lifetime ago, but 
as we came into 2000, I know it really is, isn't it? As we came into yeah. 2020, Brexit was probably at the top of the agenda for UK companies, UK economy, and certainly politics as to how that would play out. Do you see that having any impact on UK stock market and your fund for the rest of the year? Or do you think that's a can that's being kicked further down the road by Corona? Yes, yeah, it's, it's fascinating, isn't it? Because the newspapers were just full of it last year, and now it's just um, completely in, in, on the back pages almost now. But um, I, I think basically any economic disruption from Brexit now is is, is pre- pretty minimal compared with the impact we're seeing from coronavirus. So it's a much less important. I mean, it's still, I think, in both sides' interest to come to a mutually satisfactory agreement. But as we know, with the EU deal, we're always struck at the last moment and. and at the moment, if newspapers would be believed, then both parties are a fair distance apart. But um, I think the disruption coronavirus, as I say, is far more material than Brexit. And um, Boris Johnson's obviously got a big majority now, so he can pretty much decide whether he wants to press ahead or, or, or go for an extension. But I think my, my well, he, money would be on... Um, who, who knows? Maybe the coronavirus will actually bring the UK and the Europeans closer together as opposed to further well, apart, as I, we, as we I think it all too, find this it? deadly virus. Quite. I think that, that's what ought to happen. But unfortunately, politicians um, don't always see things the same way as everyone else. Listen, Martin, that's been really insightful. Thank you for um, being so open and candid on dividend cuts, not just at a market level, but with respect to your fund. Um, so for more information on the Royal London UK Equity Income Fund, please visit fundcaliber.com. And to subscribe to the Investing on the Go podcast, please subscribe at funcalibre.com. Please note that these are unprecedented times and markets can react very quickly to news. The views expressed here are at the time of recording and could obviously change. Please remember, we've been discussing individual stocks to bring investing to life for you. It is not a recommendation to buy or sell. The fund may or may not still hold these stocks at the time of listening.